0: This episode is brought to you by Woolworths Delivery Unlimited.
1: Acknowledge that it will be a, a bit rocky. You know, you might not fall on your feet first go. Give yourself a bit of a, a break. Don't be too hard on yourself. And it's okay to look back and think, oh God, I shouldn't have left. And But don't stay in that space for too long. Own what you're doing and look forward. I think that's something that we try to instill as read. Really. The only thing we can control right now is how I'm feeling right now.
0: Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Well, I can't believe we've reached our last guest interview for the year. My gosh, we've had some touch and go moments in 2021, in and out of lockdown, and therefore in and out of motivation, with rapidly changing schedules to juggle and everything in between. But we made it, and I'm so proud of the yay we've created in our third year together. I can't say enough how grateful I am for you, lovely neighbourhood. I know I say it all the time. Oh my gosh, I bang on about it all the time, but. You have genuinely kept me sane this year and given me so many reasons to smile with our healthcare worker care pack send outs, our Q&A episodes, two mini series, which was a brand new idea, and just the lovely messages that you guys take the time to send through each week about particular episodes and how they impact your life. It just makes my world so full of yay, even in the midst of a pandemic. I will be taking a proper break over the festive season for quite a few weeks this time, just Really need to refill the cup, but as usual, we'll be re releasing some favorites in case you missed any. And we'll be back early next year with Ange, of course, as well, joining us for Years of Our Lives to bring you bigger and better Yay next year. For today, I couldn't think of a more perfect guest, or should I say, guests, to finish off the year on a high than the two amazing humans that you're about to hear from. And this episode is all the more special because despite a an enormous community with whom they share so much of their lives on social media. This is the first time ever that they've shared their story on a podcast, and I'm still pinching myself that they said yes. Of course, I'm talking about the real dads of Melbourne, aka Jared and Michael, Doug and Tierney, who give the beloved sitcom Modern Family such a good run for its money, sharing their beautiful life as parents to son Reed, who was born via a surrogate, and now as foster parents to baby Judy. They probably need no introduction to most of you stealing hearts all over the nation and beyond for their hilariously down-to-earth recounting of the ups and downs of family life. If you haven't heard about them yet, you are in for an absolute treat. And even if you do know them, given that this is their first podcast ever, this is The Real Dads as you've never heard them before, covering everything from coming out, meeting and falling in love at Qantas, the process of surrogacy, and teaching your kids to embrace their unique. We're very lucky to share an incredible manager, shout out to Genevieve at Day Management, who we absolutely adore, and I live around the corner from the dads, but there is so much in this one that I hadn't heard before. I usually give away more teasers of what's to come in the intro, but my words just can't do their wit, honesty, love, and genuineness justice. There's laughter, tears, and every other emotion in between in this one. I'll let Jared and Michael tell you their story themselves, and if you're not as in love with them as I am, by the end, I'd be surprised. Jared and Michael, aka Real Dads. Welcome to the show. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks so much for having us.
0: I'm so excited to have you guys here today. I always love chatting with you, but particularly as this is your very first podcast ever, it feels like a real honour to be able to share your story for the first time in this format. And it's been such a long time since we saw each other in person.
2: Well, I saw you up the street, but we couldn't go near <gasps> each other. That's right. I saw you in the back of your car taking a photo of yourself. Oh my God, I was. <laughs> Was. I'm like, oh, an influencer. As
0: soon as I heard my name, I was like, oh my God, it's happened. I've made it onto Influences in the Wild with Paul and Nick, trying to get a nice, candid photo of us in the boot of the car as if we were actually like, we chose the most obscure side street so we wouldn't see any other humans. The Next same side minute- street. <laughs> we, so
2: we don't see other humans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you had Junior with you guys. I think it was one of your first walks, and it was just so we beautiful. Did.
2: We did, that was, yeah amazing.
0: Oh my gosh, how special. And I cannot wait to dive into this brand new addition to your family, but also the whole journey of how you formed your wonderful family. And I love that you guys think you're really boring and uninteresting, but we all hold on to every yeah. single detail of your life. So <laughs> <laughs> thrilled to dive into it today. But before we jump into that, I love to start by breaking the ice with what you guys think is the most down to earth thing about you, even though sometimes it seems like a jarring question or it seems really straightforward. I think if people see only you guys on social media, knowing that you have such a big following. And it also so often seems like you've got such clear direction around, you know, what you want out of life, what your priorities are, how you know, your family values. And I think we all forget that all of us have totally normal things, doubts and worries and like quirky habits that we have. So what's something really normal about you guys in between all the, all the social gloss?
2: Yeah, as you say, I think we only share like anybody on social media highlights of your life or, you know, things you're passionate about. So I think we're pretty transparent and we share our down-to-earth yeah, aspects uh, of our life. I'm sitting, Michael, from the top up, I'm in a shirt from the bottom down. I'm in track pants. Like,
0: <laughs> same, babe. So same. That pretty
2: much represents who we are, you know. Yeah, I think what you, you, you touched on before about is just being pretty boring.
1: I think we're average guys, you know, doing, doing life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're obviously very proud dads and that's the most important part of our, our life is Reed, our son hopefully creating a, a safe and secure environment, environment for for him and you know watching him grow and and learn and be able to navigate this Tricky world.
0: Absolutely. I think you guys do that so well with such grace and also such honesty. You kind of it's not like you're telling this story retrospectively. You've actually really brought a lot of your followers along the ride from the very beginning and are navigating all the different chapters and you know that you you share a lot of that along the way. And I think you've become really really big role models for so many people who have families that look a little bit different to what, you know, con- the conventional or traditional family structure looks like and are really helping others embrace and own that, which is so beautiful. I have so much admiration for you both.
1: Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, difference is something that I think should be celebrated, something that we're really proud of to be, you know, challenging that that social norm, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you do it so well. And, and I think the more that people can see, Like I think one of the big problems with representation in any area is that people often look at the landscape and can't see themselves or they can't see their family or they can't see their situation represented anywhere because either people don't share it or haven't felt comfortable or it's stigmatised or whatever. But I love how you guys are just putting your modern family out there and, and sharing all the parts of it that make it hard and fun and easy and beautiful. And yeah, I think The Real Dads is, it's it's replaced Modern Family as a channel for me to watch. And I I, <laughs> I kind of just want you guys to be like, my dads also.
2: <laughs> One thing we're not a fan of after all these years is our username. It's something that I'll, Michael wants to keep it. He's happy to keep it because he actually just doesn't care what the name of it is. <laughs> it, it makes me cringe, like The Real Dads, because a lot of new, you know, if you get a new follower or something, like real dads, you know, used to sound like a couple of wankers. Like, <laughs> it was a stupid spin off of a TV series before it even was an Australian TV series. It was just the uh, Real Housewives of OC or something that I used to watch, and it was just a, a username. Whereas we didn't a bit of laugh, having
0: a bit of a bit of picking, laugh, yeah. we didn't think it'd be that popular. <laughs> It's Um, so popular. It turns out you've got like an entire tribe of people following you. (laughs) just crazy. I also love how it's real dads and like we expect that it's a shared account. You'll hear both voices, but really it's just Jared and Michael like vaguely tolerating and like sometimes being in the background. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's both of us that contribute to it. It's you know, like I'm like, can I share that? Mark's like, fuck no, you cannot share that. <laughs> so therefore, it doesn't get shared. But he also edits a lot of the scripts. I don't ever ever share anything. Not one image is on there that you've not looked at and gone, okay, you're representing our family. You can do that. So, <laughs> but Darren's
1: definitely the creative one, definitely the witty one oh, no, uh, with a, a wicked sense of humor.
0: Oh, I think both of you are. I mean, we just before we started recording, we're talking about the great circle carpet gate that's been happening <laughs> in your family of late. There was a Don't carpet. Talk about the horse, Sarah. Don't talk about the wall.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I stepped over that rug for two weeks oh, trying to avoid it. I laid it at the bottom of the stairs. It was like laid out on the ground. Thank heavens we haven't had any visitors because like it was a trip hazard.
0: Oh and I mean, I was looking at it <laughs> oh, thinking sure. that's a disaster. I mean, Reid has dance classes in the oh. house, like, but I love how Next. Michael just like <laughs> stepped right over it, like no, I will cut it later. Yeah. I think it ended up in I the bed at one it. point. Yeah,
2: that's right. I was like, well, I, I tried to get it in his car. Like, I was down in the garage heaving that bloody thing into the car and then I couldn't get the door closed. I'm like, no, this is no, this is just not what I should be doing with it. So I brought it back upstairs <laughs> and then I moved it a couple more locations and yes, it ended up in the bed. I'm like, well, he has to go to bed sometime. So.
0: <laughs> Basically, Jared had a carpet he wanted cut into a circle. Michael had to cut it into a circle. It was a big disaster. It didn't get cut into a circle. And then when it did get cut into the circle. It was laid out like only the cutouts from around the circle were cut out and put <laughs> into the room, which I also think is beautiful. So, you say that Jared is the joker in the relationship, Michael, but I don't believe that. Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. <anyway>. Yeah. Jared <laughs> did find it amusing, but I thought it was absolutely hysterical.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, the very first section of this show, as you guys probably already know, is your way TA or your path TA, which is pretty much tracing back all the chapters of your life before the one, like you mentioned. You know, you have a lot of people who have started following you recently and walk into your life and it presents as if, you know, I think we just forget that everyone has been through a lot of angst and a lot of diversions and not knowing what your purpose or your goals in life are along the way. And I love tracing back through them to show that just life is not linear, finding your joy and finding your partner in yay is also not linear and taking the right time, you know, to become the person you are is is never a kind of an overnight success. So can you guys take us back to your younger selves, what you were like as kids? And this can be like pre-each other as well, because I think sometimes when you get known as a couple, again, like people can conflate your identities, but also forget that you were different people before you met and then that you have this beautiful love story as well. So yeah, let's go back to childhood first and go through what you were like as kids, what you loved, what you thought you'd be.
1: Yeah, sure. Oh. I, I was born in Mildura. Oh,
0: Mildura.
1: Yeah, yeah, country boy. My mum is still there with most of my family. I have one that lives here in Melbourne. Uh, growing up as a, as a kid there was a, a lot of fun, you know, a lot of open space and the river, the weather, really good times. My dad was really sick. He had cancer when I was really little. Oh. So I think my childhood went from being an innocent little boy to, to stepping up and being a sense of the strength of my mum who wasn't coping very well with dad's illness and mum and dad spent a lot of time in melbourne and my brother and i stayed with my grandparents our grandparents there so yeah i think i just learnt to step up and feel the just a need to sort of make people feel okay and that was sort of my job which is really interesting now that i look back as as the way I, i parent read or the way that I am with with people is just I'm sort of reliable, and mm. uh, I really link that back to then that when I yeah I was I was really young, so it's extraordinary. Part of our fostering program, we had to write our life story, and that's something that was so cathartic. It's, not many people get the opportunity to sit down and you know take the time to do that. It was a really incredible lesson for myself to to look back as to you know why I am the person that I am now, i mean if, if everyone could wow. do it it's it's the most incredible exercise, but we just don't have a lot of time to to do that sort of stuff but, so yeah it was it was amazing, but anyway, I digress there yeah as a as a kid, I was just very sort of happy and outgoing, and yeah, i obviously it didn't come out till much later, but I knew always I was different. I knew I just didn't fit the mold, but I could never understand why. I'd never met a gay person at all. And that obviously wasn't on my radar at all, but it wasn't until my twenties that I sort of, you know, worked out how I, you know, fitted in and I suppose discovered my own identity and truth.
0: Wow. It not it so interesting? This is why I love this section so much, which, you know, at the start, I think a lot of people are like, oh, we're going back so far into the past, but it's quite often that you'll see people connecting the dots as they're reflecting on their story and sometimes for the first time they're going oh, I didn't know that that was you know planting a seed for 20 years later or I didn't realize that that the genesis of this big re- revelation when I was 40 you know started back when I was 6 and Absolutely. it's sort of beautiful to let people see that their life is really just a big jigsaw puzzle and for other people who are often, I think, come to this show feeling confused about their direction or lost about their identity or on the cusp of a big change, just to hear that really no one has ever really had it figured out. Very few people wake up and go, I know my sexuality. I know my passions. I know my joys. I know my dislikes. And this is my life. Like it just doesn't happen that way. So I That's so
2: true. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I love that that came up so early for you that the first time you ever sat down to write your history was such a cathartic kind of moment for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Was was for the whole family really, because we also, you know, sat with Reed and explained to him after it. We reflected on everything and we we sort of told him our full life stories as well. He's at an age now which he's living those years that we lived and mm. it was really, really powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned, it was a really, really powerful exercise. Wow. And as far as myself, I grew up in Tassie. Yeah. You know, in a time before social media, in a time before computer games really all well, some families hate computer games we didn't have them i've got an older brother who's 5 years older than i am and i've got a sister who's 8 years younger wow mum yeah mum remarried when i was uh, little and they had uh, my sister so that's why the big age gap my father lives in the sunshine coast he remarried and had three Three children. So there's six of us in total. I lived out of just out of Hobart. We lived on four acres. So our house <gasps> was sort of in the middle of that four acres. And I played on my BMX bike. I built cubby houses. <laughs> I was laughing at me for some strange reason. He he knows a lot about my childhood. stories of you, you know, like lighting fires and... Yeah, I used to steal mum's cigarette lighter and go (laughs) light a bush and then things would get a little bit out of hand and I'd have to, you know, like write it in a little bit, go home tell mum that, you know, why my clothes are burnt or why I smell like smoke. I haven't been smoking down there. I've been like, (laughs) you know, setting fire to things that shouldn't be setting fire. Arson,
0: you know, just experimental arson, that's fine. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) That sounds like such a typical tassie upbringing you guys know nick's from devonport same thing he's like my childhood was how did i survive like wild
2: exactly now i'm like oh my goodness we're so precious with you know our kids doing (laughs) anything like Reed, like even he's mad about roller skating at the moment and he's probably doesn't need as much protective wear as he does but he leaves here like looking i know like he's if you could roller skate in one of those sumo suits, <laughs> we would then keep you wearing it, you know? We'd um, give him a minute. We're right. just petrified he's going to break a leg or, yeah, whereas <laughs> mum was like, yeah, I'll see you yeah, in the afternoon. And off I go on my bike without a helmet
0: you know? Oh my God. Yeah. I don't think we knew what helmets were back then. No. no
2: also,
0: in the car. <laughs> we- <laughs> Although, I mean, I'm glad we've come a long way in child safety. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, were you, you know, quite outdoorsy? What did you think that would translate to? Because I always think it's really interesting to go back to what you thought you'd be as well. Because at some point in all of our childhoods, we go from the intersection between what you're good at and what you love and that's your future. Yeah. And then suddenly you let like social expectation and financial stability and all these other weird concepts start to dictate your decisions. So when did you start to think about like what you wanted to become?
2: Yeah, look, my my well, my part of that story is very boring. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know, here I am <laughs> in my 40s going, I have no idea what I want to be. I'm just living my life right now. And, you know, of course so much comes into it like you just said. We, you know, you worry about you know, stability and, you know, where you're going to be and will you make it to retirement and what your retirement looks like. And it's only recently, you know, we've been together now over 20 years. It's only recently (sighs) in the last couple of years that we've gone, hold on, we need to think about like our retirement. We've always been very sensible with money and always, you know, tried really hard to, you know, have stability in that area. For sure. But it's like what's retirement look like? You, You know, your income stream stops but your lifestyle doesn't, you know, and, <laughs> you know, even, I mean, it's changed in the last two years, but like, I don't think we'll yeah. travel. That's why we decided to buy a house out of town because we're like, that will be wow. what our retirement now looks like. It was totally different to what our retirement looked like two years ago. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that you, you looking
1: at retirement was just a, just a word. Now I'm, 50 next year, which means that. Stop it. I know, my God.
0: Tell me about your skincare immediately. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's the Apple Mac. It's like, it's, got, it's, it's, got a filter. <laughs> it's the filter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And thinking that uh, that word is now something that's only 10 years away. So we really do have to think about
2: that and plan for it, which we've done. We've got someone in charge of that now. It's all very grown up. So grown up. Oh, my God.
0: I actually have this, like, dawning, horrible realisation that I'm never going to wake up one day and feel grown up. Like, it's just going to be yeah. decade after decade still going. We're still kids. Where are the like- more adultier adults, like, <laughs> that I ask what to do about stuff?
2: Yes, exactly. I see them, like, you know, people come up on the
0: news and their title come over and I'm like, oh,
2: my God, look how young they look, Michael. Like. Yeah. And i like, oh, that's because we're actually old now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mine is when I see, like, a 29-year-old with a baby and I'm like, oh, it's a teenage mum. Yeah. Look <laughs> <Cute." laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So sweet and like innocent. Oh my god, <laughs> that must be really tough for you. And then I'm like, that's the normal age yeah. when people actually <laughs> voluntarily have children. <laughs> so true, I do that. I to do that. <laughs> and it's so cool that you guys have been together for 20 years. Because again, I also think that you know you are mentioning that your priorities have been shifting. It's so interesting in relationships. Like Nick and I are nearly 12 years, which is quite a long time given like that. I'm only 32, but. In relationships, I love that you have to go through like lots of chapters together and you've been through lots of those together, but I'd love to go right back to the very beginning when you both first came out because only if you're comfortable talking about it, of course. But I think both of you coming from like smaller towns or smaller areas where, and particularly before social media, where you might often not have even had the language or the skills to even identify what you were feeling, let alone Actually, then, do something about it, come out to your families, to your friends, but then also you know leading you to find each other. How did that all unravel for both of
2: you? Well, I think our stories were probably very different in that respect. I didn't come out to my family until I was you know in a steady relationship with Michael. We'd been together for a few months. They knew him wow. as just a friend, or well, I thought they knew him as just a friend, but you know <laughs> they mom, all knew Oh, your mum mum's mm-hmm. no mum's my no best, you know so. <laughs> Mum was like, I always knew, and it didn't didn't bother her at all, which it shouldn't, you know. And we were actually like, we're talking about obviously coming onto your podcast. I'm like, oh, if that question's asked, wouldn't it be amazing one day? We understand why it is asked now, especially in our generation, but one day, if that's just not a question, like, it's when did you come out? It's like, well, when did you not come out, you know? Like,
0: uh, I think there are actually people, I've had someone on the podcast who was like, I never came out. I never came yeah. out i yeah. never that's needed to life. make an announcement i just was how i am
2: yes yes yeah that was that's and amazing it, that's it that's yeah. what we hope and we hope you know in reed's generation and his children that it's just that's just not a question anymore
0: mm. it, yeah
2: yeah for sure yeah me uh, my
1: story is a, a, a bit different as i mentioned before growing up in a small country town with you know i've never met uh, a gay person never could uh, identify with homosexuality and It wasn't until I became a flight attendant, which is, you know, the quintessential gay role. (laughs) um,
0: Okay, I'm glad you said that, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. We're allowed to acknowledge (laughs) (laughs) it.
1: I don't know. Like, and I came to Melbourne for for my training and uh, I met gay people and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I finally sort of have found my people. So it was interesting. You know, I didn't come out for another couple of years after that, whilst I sort of, you know, navigated my my journey but uh coming out to mum and dad was something that I did did first I just I've been if you're being really honest with yourself that you know they don't really know you unless they've got your whole story you know I told my brother first and asked him to come with me to a family meeting with mum and dad we would never had a family meeting in our lives like what's this about
0: I was gonna say what do you mean family oh, meeting a regular thing
1: mum thought I was there to tell her that my housemate was pregnant <laughs> to, you. <laughs> to you yes to me <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so that was confusing and awkward, but look, yeah, was, the gender uh, yeah.
0: reveal balloon was no longer appropriate. Then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But look, yeah, my brother was was really supportive. Mum, mum cried just for the reasons I don't think she could understand what that future looked like for her her son. Dad was amazing. Dad. Was He said something like it was quite funny. So like, we can't do anything about that now. But what he meant by that was because the next day he, he called me up again and he's like, what I meant by that was well, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It never has. It, we, we don't need to do anything about that.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, not like it's too late for me to fix that. Yeah, it's too late, yeah, but <laughs> not what he meant. Not what he meant,
1: but he didn't have the ability to articulate how, how he was feeling. But it was also very strange because my, my brother who had battled a long time of drug use and depression and went down that road uh, really, really young as a you know a young teenager it was all the result of him being abused as a child unbeknownst to anyone. So on one hand, you know, my brother had, you know, these experiences with a pedophile and it was really important that uh, I share my feelings with, with, with him first. You know, just, I don't know, like it was just so confusing to separate that, that, you know, predator, unwanted. You know, advances to someone who is attracted to men. So, you know, how does how does this work in my head? How does he feel? What's Mum and Dad's take on all of this? So, it was quite quite the journey. But my brother, God love him, my late brother, he's passed away. He was the most amazing, amazing man, and with you know his open heart, explained you know his feelings and his love for me. And but you know, I needed his love and blessing and we went through that together so, yeah. uh, and you know my the rest of my family they they've found out and um yeah i've never been treated any any differently nor should anyone and yeah i think it's something and until the same sex marriage was was passed i didn't understand the impact of being able to be married or, or having that choice so yeah it wasn't
2: something really i don't think even our, our relationship earlier that like, we we always said we wanted to have a child. Like, that was very spoken of very early, mm-hmm. but marriage was never because I think it was, we weren't allowed. It was not an option for yeah. us. So, we we're okay, like, okay with it. We we're okay. It we we're just it. like, it's a, the times that we live in. I don't, I, I don't think, I think that's like anything in our relationship and anything in our lives. Personally, is we don't really want anything that's. Unachievable, <laughs> like we need to know it's there to grab it, sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah, we just don't allow, didn't allow ourselves. We never went, no, we're not allowed to get married, or like it was just
0: you just didn't even think about it because it wasn't it yet, on the radar. Like, in our, in
2: our yeah, life, didn't register. Yeah,
0: and I think that's why it's one of those things where you do hope that in future generations, and I think we are moving the conversation along at a rapid pace in this last sort of five to ten years. It is something you hope that in the future gay couples or uh, non-binary people don't actually have to come out and they don't have to answer these questions but I think now the reason why I do ask is because you're providing in these answers so much reassurance for people who might live in small country towns now or who might be up against religious or social or sociocultural reasons why their family perhaps aren't as progressed Mm. in the conversation and and I think also because some coming out stories are very positive. For some people it costs them a lot. Yeah, But absolutely. it's it's weighing up the cost of, well, do you want to live your life as you are and maybe lose a few people along the way or just face some challenge and some pain in that process or do you want to keep hiding it at the expense of, you know, living your life and, and finding your partner and then being able to get married, you know, when the law finally caught up a long, a long yeah. time later. But the way that you guys – do talk about your, you know, coming out times and also the things you've navigated as a couple as well, it helps other people so much not feel alone in that experience.
2: Yeah. And I think I, I, the reason why I came out was I was starting to have to sort of lie and that's just a massive thing, you know, like a parent or a friend even would say, oh, you know, who's Michael or where are you going, you know, why are you going to see Michael again or or whatever it might (laughs) be.
0: Why are you guys (laughs) naked in the shower?
2: (laughs) 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 You know, if you're having to start lying to, to cover up what is something that is love, then it was time yeah. I had to tell someone, so I, I did mine in the form of writing my mother a letter, and <gasps> I left it on the kitchen bench that afternoon. She drove me to the airport because I was moving to Melbourne to live with Michael. <laughs> so I with your mate, with yeah, with
0: your mate from footy,
2: <laughs> exactly. So
0: you know, and then I
2: and at the bottom of the letter, it's like a three-page letter. I wish I had have actually kept a, a copy of that letter just so that I can reflect on it now you know, all these years later as to would I have written the same thing and how did I justify it? Because I don't actually remember because it would have been you know, I would have been quite numb writing, you know, most of it because I'm like, oh, my God, my mother is reading this, you know. I wasn't explicit in it, let me just say, and telling her what yeah. homosexuality is.
0: I was just, you know. Mum, birds and bees, sometimes exactly. there are two bees.
2: <laughs> I think I made a reference in there that I'm not going to be wearing PVC. And I, I, just, just to clarify that. And I wish, yeah, I wish I had a copy of that letter.
0: Oh, my God, that would be amazing.
2: And the the very last sentence was like, and please don't ring me and discuss this letter. (laughs) Let's
0: (laughs) just put it in the past.
2: Put it in the past. Let's all move on and (laughs) talk. Or, or, or however we, you want to move on, you know. We however, we never speak of it again. Never speak of it again. And then, of course, I get to Melbourne, get off the plane, turn my phone on. It was ringing. Like it was ringing as I was holding <gasps> the on button and mum's name was there. I was like, Michael is there. He's like, what? what? And I hadn't told Michael that I'd written them the letter. You know, we'd spoke about it. We'd only been dating three months when I moved state for him and he got a transfer. Gay time. Like, yeah, gay time.
0: Gay totally. time. Was, yep.
2: And, yeah, mum was like, I got your letter (laughs) and I was just like sweating and I'm like yes and she's like it's fine you know like I knew so it's fine you know and again like Michael said no big
0: surprise babes exactly
2: exactly as Michael said parents I think you know they you know amazing supportive parents like we were very fortunate to both have struggle what to say you know because they 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 also don't know what's right or wrong to say to you you know like your dad his intentions were amazing, but some people would read that and go, "Oh, you know, hear hear that, and go, what do you mean you you just you know you're okay with it? Like it's
0: yeah, it's not yeah. an it.
2: It's just yeah. So I, I,
0: yeah, I think also what's really interesting is because when you both did come out, it was a very different generation generally, and it's you know the kind of homosexual couples have come a long way in society as being normalised and spoken about a lot more. There's marriage. You know, a lot of us have a married couple in our friendship groups. I think now that that's where the non-binary conversation is sitting yes. and it's important for people to remember that like in the beginning of anything, that starts to become more socially discussed, there is a lot of, and not even malicious, but there's a lot of questions from people around how do they act? And it's and out of care for you as well, like not offending you or not asking the wrong questions. Or I think one of the things that comes up quite a lot is when you first come out, people are like, oh, but, we were mates are you attracted to me now as if like yeah. every human yeah. is also I'm like girls no, no. and guys can be friends <laughs> and not like sleeping together so why is it suddenly like yeah, you no. guys are hitting on everyone you know what no, I mean but, yeah, exactly. but I think if there's no malicious intention you know even Denny was saying the other day like people you know they even mess up their yeah. own pronouns now yes. but, you know let's say he's like as long as everyone's trying to learn and I think you guys have probably seen people maybe be a bit awkward at the beginning and not know what to do but slowly slowly you've helped normalize it as well for a lot of people in your community yeah
2: that's that's yeah i try and educate myself like looking at pages like denny's and and i don't want to get it wrong you know i don't want to get you know you're in fear and now i understand what people would be would have been like for us you know like talking about Mm. our, our relationship earlier on that they were in fear of offending us like I'm not offended by any word, you know, that anyone mm. accidentally uses if it's coming from, a, you know, a good place where so their place. intentions aren't to offend yeah. or hurt someone. But, yeah, it's, yeah, back then too they didn't have social media. People like to be able to go, oh, I'll reference back to them. They've got a good explanation <laughs> of what a pronoun is or
0: yeah, whatever.
2: I was totally, you know, an old man you know I, <laughs> I don't understand this and now I totally get it you know I get it. yeah and it's yeah. super important
0: so yeah. well going back to gay time which anyone who is listening who doesn't know I think I've spoken about this with a couple of people before but all of my gay friends have this like let's move in get married and have babies in like a, an 11 and a half month period like it all just <laughs> happens very quickly I don't know what it is is okay. it efficiency I don't know what it is okay. I absolutely love it though like it's 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 not even a stereotype. It's just like a universal experience. Yep. <laughs> so you guys obviously moved in together really quickly. Tell us your love story. How did you meet? I heard it was in Tassie yes. when you were both working at Qantas.
2: Yeah, well, I wasn't actually working at Qantas. It was something I'd always wanted oh. to do. Michael had already been there. He started work in Mildura with Qantas, got transferred to Launceston in Tassie. <gasps> he was down in Hobart. I would just moved back from Sydney. Uh, I'd been living in Sydney and I'd moved back to Hobart. and. I knew he was a flight attendant. I'd met him out and uh, knew he was a flight attendant. I was like, that's something I've always wanted to do. It's a bit gay, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to like, do it. It's a, a self-fulfilling bat.
0: prophecy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I asked him a lot of questions about that. Like, yeah, that's where our conversation, I think, sort of struck up. And then he's like, oh, give me a number. I'll send you, you know, some information of people I know in recruitment and the process, you know, it's a pretty full-on process to be a flight attendant, you know, you go through several interview stages and what they're looking for, and, you know, maybe get a bit of hospitality experience. Cause at that time I hadn't, you know, I'd worked in supermarket and, you know, I was a lot younger. So what else? I've I worked, I worked <laughs> yeah, in superannuation, financial, financial services, mm-hmm. and so forth. But I hadn't. Were
0: you on the plane at this conversation?
2: No, no, no. This was in, Hob- oh. this is down in Hobart. No.
0: <laughs> oh, that would have been so cute <laughs> if you were like, hey. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just like slipped your number on a serviette under a <laughs> glass of champagne. <laughs> not my
2: vibe. Not my vibe. Yeah, so then, yeah, we, so we just struck up a, a friendship, I think, very early on. And, you know, at every sort of opportunity, Michael would either come down to Hobart's like two and a half hours or two-hour drive, or I'd go up to Launceston on days off. So, yeah, it sort of progressed from there, but it progressed very fast in <laughs> in the sense of Michael's, look, we, I would never never move a state for somebody in such a short period of time. But A, it felt Right and B, Michael had no choice. He'd got to transfer to what he'd always wanted, which was mainline Qantas. So that was you know moving to Melbourne. For he, that's what that looked like for him. And we sort of knew that when I met him because one day I'll hopefully live in Melbourne and be working for in the larger aircraft I just thought, oh well, fuck it. Why not? Like I've got nothing no to right. lose. What do I do? Just pack my things that way and come back home. You know, the other way and come back home again. So,
1: but I think yeah what you said a moment ago, you just felt right, you know people talk about that mm. that love at first sight and and I'm not sure if it was you know love at first sight, but it just felt right, you know, like it was mm. just
2: comfortable like connection honest.
1: that was you know was, yeah just very,
2: very safe, you know oh. we both sort of wanted the same thing, you know, like in the conversations that we had, we were from different but similar backgrounds, like our families were you know very similar, yeah, um, just you know honest people. Working
1: class, work hard. You know, treat people well. Just, just mm. both had that that those common values and and goals and our interests at the time, or still is. You know, like in cars, we both like vehicles and. and- <laughs>
0: We both like transport,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I also
0: heard that you even spoke about having kids on your first date, like really early. Yeah,
2: and it wasn't more of a like you know like with each we other right now. have a baby? Right it was just more <laughs> yeah. about you know where do you see yourself? You know, as a as a gay man back then when I don't think I we would have even said to each other as a gay man because we wouldn't. I don't know. You didn't even talk about it. You know, like yeah. oh, it's such a different yeah. time that. It was more in
1: the context of I've always wanted to, be a, to be a dad, yeah. Like, yeah. So, right, you know, and meeting Jared was like, Wow, well, oh, you wanted that as well. Like, you know, that's something I didn't know I could feel anymore because obviously oh. I'm you know gay,
2: but um, <laughs> you know, like, that's okay to feel that you want to be a parent, you know, you want yeah. you have that yearning yeah. that you know, people say that you know, women have a lot of sort of feelings that they're not, com- feel not complete until they have a child. Well, some men may be. Maybe it's true that we too. feel that way sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. But it wasn't that we were going. Oh, we're going to have a baby, or let's try and do this. It was more like, oh, you have that feeling too. Oh, I have that feeling. Yeah. yeah. You know, we like, wasn't like, even one like one day. You
1: know, maybe this, this, this will be possible for us. You know, in mm. some way, shape, or form. Probably back then, it was more. Maybe not. That's true. But we had um, a
2: lot to explore and learn, and we're on the same page with it.
0: Yeah. Before we continue, you all know I like to jam-pack my schedule and overdo it sometimes, so anything that saves time, energy or adds convenience to our daily life is a huge yay in my books. That makes me so grateful to live in a time where things like Woolworths Delivery Unlimited exist. And the subscription has just undergone some very exciting improvements so we subscribers can reap more benefits than ever. Delivery Unlimited is the amazing Woolworth service that gives you unlimited deliveries with a month-to-month or annual subscription. And now you can shop more often with a lower subscription fee and collect additional everyday rewards points for even more savings. Customers will continue to have access to $10 delivery now for deliveries under two hours, but now the minimum spend for free same-day or next-day delivery has been halved to $50. Subscription fees have been slapped and you get two times the everyday rewards points on every online shop for as little as $15 a month you can enjoy unlimited deliveries and the natea of draining grocery trips will be knocked over forever i'll pop the link in show notes now well, I'm so, so excited to jump into the process of nine years later, finally welcoming your beautiful son Reed into the world. Because again, I think it's something a lot of couples don't see as possible or workable. And also, you guys have really shown that you can have a beautiful family life and a beautiful community around you, and that Reed doesn't suffer for any kind of discrimination or, mm-hmm. you know, missing out. I think that's really, really beautiful and powerful. But first, I have one gay question for you guys. I have another one later, but one is have you ever? Been off on your Gator and accidentally hit on a straight man because I'm like, is there a code? Like, how do you guys know? Do you ever get it wrong, uh, or is your Gator just on? No, point? look, I
2: don't think I've ever no, I've, no, no, I no. don't think I've ever got it wrong. You get, of course, you get, you know, a girlfriend ringing you, going like. Did you see him at the table? Do you think he's getting like I don't have that type of I'm like I have no idea. Like I didn't even know I was when I was young, you know? Yeah. I had girlfriends, so I didn't know I was, you know. Like, oh my
0: god, you had girlfriends. Did you both have girlfriends?
2: <laughs> yeah, I had girlfriends before. I Michael didn't have girlfriends, I had girlfriends. I was actually engaged to be married. <gasps> oh
0: my god. Tazzy and
2: you know, things You things had five had kids
0: already. You really? had children.
2: What's your cousin? <laughs> no. Michael,
0: that <laughs> that Wait, out. was it Nick? Because that's also oh my
2: so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, oh um, god. I mean, it was you know, young. I moved out of home when I was seventeen. You know, like, yeah. which now is mind-blowing for, you know, the thought of Reid moving out of home at 17. Like, I probably <gasps> still won't let him cross a busy road in a, a certain dream, you know.
0: <laughs> Without a sumo suit on yeah, in exactly. case, you know. <laughs> and, you know,
2: hats and stop, slow down signs.
0: <laughs> which is that? You know bubble soccer? Yeah, like, bubble yeah, soccer, right. those big bubble things? You'll just, like, push Reid to school in one of those. <laughs> he actually wants
2: one of those. It's like, might not be a bad idea when he starts taking himself to school to wear it. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I- Okay, so from 2001, fell in love, moved in together very quickly after, but it took nine years until 2010 when your life changed forever. And I think not unlike adoption, if you don't have someone in your network or even extended network who's been involved in surrogacy, I don't think many people know the logistics or know much about it. So as much as you're comfortable, would you guys be happy to share a little bit about how you found i mean i think you guys found out about it yourselves only through watching a tv show so how did you actually start the process how long did it take for anyone else who's interested in it you know what are sort of the steps in that landscape that led you to read
2: yeah look you're you're correct in saying that it was a documentary on television that we saw of a same sex couple and their journey that they had filmed in a documentary style of going to america you know, meeting surrogates agencies, um, and right through to them actually holding their baby and Uh, That was before, you know, Instagram and all those things. So it was on the television. Facebook, I think it just started, or there was MySpace or one of those things. Oh, MySpace. One of those old...
0: Like MSN Messenger.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So we (laughs) investigated these guys that did it and tried to get in touch with them, and we did. So we were living in Perth at the time. We reached out to them and they said, yeah, come over. Come over to our house. They lived in St Kilda. We went to their house and we saw firsthand, like, a family you know that was you know i i don't never like to use the word normal but just like an average family you know Mm. two loving parents and a child and living you know living their life so they sort of you know gave us the encouragement i think like seeing it that it's achievable so we just investigated what countries did it it was very very expensive in america at the time to do it so we just started saving. We bought investment properties. Yeah, we had purchased an investment property a few years earlier. So we had that
1: sort of capital behind us to think, okay, if we, if we you know, really serious about this, we'll sell that and, and raise mm-hmm. the the funds that, that are needed. You know, unfortunately with surrogacy, it, I mean, not unfortunately, it, it is a commercial transaction at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. there, there, there is money changing hands. So you've got to feel comfortable with that. We did explore adoption. And, you know, it was just roadblock after roadblock. It's an incredibly arduous process. R- guess, process, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that really helped us also understand that it's not about skin color, race, religion. You know, it's just having a, a healthy child. So once we discovered that India was a country that was uh, an option for was, us. It was an option, yeah. So uh, as far as being able to afford the process you know it was not two hundred thousand dollars as it was in in america it was sort of you know half that wow. class so it was something that we were like okay this is this is something that we can investigate but we then spent the next you know few years investigating agencies in india we just wanted to ensure that the agencies that we you know would finally sign up with were
2: legitimate and, legitimate. and, and they look mm-hmm. after you know
1: and reputable. Yeah, yeah yeah that's right not not taking advantage of of people or you know their their situation so it's something that um, you know we spoke to dozens of agencies and you just get that vibe as this is just all about money and that that's not it for us that's got to be more than that so surrogacy india is the, the company that we built a rapport with for about six months And spoke to them just about every day with a question yeah. what about this and what about this and what happened if this happens and what do you do about this and uh
2: they were amazing and they're still great friends you know, they're still great we, friends we spoke to them like this week you wow. know, like they're incredible. The doctors there—it's run by two doctors—and yeah, just yeah, really-
1: loads of integrity and the wanting the best for the you know intended parents and and their surrogate and everyone involved is you know just treated really beautifully. So uh, yeah, but meeting these guys in in Melbourne was was just very tangible. I was thinking, wow, this 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 can
2: happen. This this is achievable. So and then uh- you go through all those doubts, going like, oh, but when they go to school, are they going to get bullied for having me and Michael as? their dad and those Mm. those were our bigger burning questions like you know we really want to bring a child into this earth but we also don't want to give it a bad life you know like or challenges that are out of our control Um, so we did have a lot of fears around that and 10 years later the least of our worries so they always say you know things that you worry about are the things that you really don't worry about once you've you know things happen so yeah Mm. no we haven't had one Sort of amount of discrimination, or or you know,
1: I remember dropping Reid off at, at kindergarten, and, and all his little kinder friends. Would think it was the coolest thing in the world. He had two dads because dads were more fun than mum was. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: oh my god, um, that's so sweet. So, sweet. <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> it's, it's incredible
1: to think that you know Reid's little kinder buddies and and school buddies. Um, Having gone to school with a family with with you know same sex parents, it's no it's no biggie.
2: You still like, and even now, you still get questions. Like especially now, we've got a, a little baby in a pram, and we're going to a supermarket. They're like, "Oh, giving mum a break or mum having a rest," <laughs> you know, or "Oh, you're a good dad," you know. And you sort of choose your your audience as to whether you choose you want to educate them or, and that's just us yeah. personally. I know a lot of people that have spoken to, especially online, they're like, you know, this happened to me today so I went off at them and I'm like, that's your lot. It's just not my lot, you know. If It's an an older gentleman, you know, and he's in the kindness of his heart, he's saying giving mum a break, I can just smile and walk away, you know, like I just, you know, smile and acknowledge that he spoke and walk away, (laughs) you know, whereas if it's someone that's I feel needs to know, you know, I will go, oh, he's actually got two dads, or where he's or with this particular child that we've got at the moment where
0: <laughs> where the real dads have not been. I know, I know. You guys are the least likely to ever use that sentence ever. <laughs> but I think that's a good point as well. I think in anything where difference or uniqueness draws questions or curiosity is to just really distinguish between the ones that come from a good place and out of genuine interest and like wanting to understand better or people who are doing it out of a place of maliciousness and you can't fight every battle like you'll just be so bloody exhausted so I love that idea of like some people, it's not coming from a bad place. I've got limited hours of the day. I'm just going to leave that one. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to educate every single no, person that, that comes on your doorstep. No. Like, <laughs> no, I think
2: that's who we are too, especially having a social media account. I'm not here to educate anyone. Like we pick our battles, you know. It's, we're yeah. showing what our life is, and you translate that to how you want to. That's fine. That's totally up to you.
0: Did you get to be there when Reed was born? I think you guys did go. Yeah, with absolutely.
2: We were actually yeah. um, outside
1: the operating theatre. He was born, and we were, he was in our arms when he was uh, two
2: minutes old. <gasps> yeah. Still, even that, like, even when you said we were standing outside, I still can hear. Like, we were standing outside this door. And uh, oh the birthing God. suite, and they're all caesareans. So it's scheduled, you know what time it's going to be. It's going to be on this day. And Reed mm-hmm. was early because they were a bit unsure about sort of uh, health concerns whilst he was still inside we're standing outside that door and it had like as a swinging door and because we weren't allowed actually in there we could see like curtains around like you could see through the little <laughs> glass the curtains around we're like oh, that's where our surrogate is in there but the squeak of the door like when you said that instantly I just remember that sound like I'm like, wow. we sweating and we're looking at each other with this like anxious eyes like because you just also like any parent on that at that date you're overwhelmed with emotion that you know, this is actually happening, but you're like, I hope he's safe, I hope he's healthy, or Mm. he. We didn't know if it was a he or she at the time.
0: Oh, you didn't know until he was born.
2: You're not allowed to know (gasps) in India. Yeah, I think more of a cultural reason for for,
1: for India that um, you're not yeah, you, you don't know the the sex of the child. Which is good for a couple of that's control freaks. It's really good to have something that's totally <laughs> out of our control. Like Bad for the gender <laughs> reveal businesses in India, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, your mum had the balloon years ago ready to go. So,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you had him straight away, and then how? They hand
2: the baby to you. You know, you have a few moments, and then they take the baby away to do some testing, obviously, to make sure there's you know health concerns. You're given just a, a basically a whole large hospital room with we had it with two beds we'll bring the baby up shortly and that's where we stayed for three days with our new baby so they it was the most surreal experience you know there's like we'll with him in the little little crib
1: and they're like you know what what do you want to how can we help you now we're like no we're we're good we're 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 fine like you do a change in like no we're we're good you know so on those those first three days we, we were just with him and each other twenty four seven. Like it was so special. Just without also, you know, being away, obviously you know, being away from your loved ones and family and friends and being able to introduce him. But it also was such an amazing time just to connect and without any interruption, no pressure
2: about seeing, you know, anybody anyone. or you know People. it was yeah, we stayed in our pajamas in a you know, in a room with him. <laughs> and I took so many photos and The the, the forgiving like oh look at him, look at him. Oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. He's doing nothing.
0: Yeah, he was blinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a miracle.
1: Gifted, for sure.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's so gifted. Should we put him in an accelerator (laughs) baby program? (laughs) Okay, but Reed is actually gifted though. Uh, Like, what a talented little human. He started his own business. Like, if there was ever a concern, and I can totally understand why it would have been a fear that he would end end up being subject to discrimination or challenge or just difference in school but I feel like he's one of the most well-adjusted children I have ever met like started his own kindness business in lockdown does his own art project like <laughs> what a little legend blows me away
2: a lot of craft yeah. a lot of craft he's, that goes he on. he's yeah. very creative
1: that's for sure I think you mentioned before just about not being discriminated against and being very reassured He's he's just very Safe in his, oh, not safe. Very comfortable in his own yeah, skin. Mm. When Rebbe was born, there's, there's never any secrets. There have never been a secret um, about how he was born. He has a photo of Arch and uh, his surrogate by his bed. Wow, it's, the journey has always been very transparent.
2: Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, and mm. yeah, he's he's an egg donor. And I think I my, had that conversation with you as well, Sarah. Like your, you know, your your background. Where you, you know, how you became. If it's no secret, it's not like something that needs to be a discussion now because some people are like, oh, when did you tell him? And I'm like, well, he yeah, always, he always knew. And now we talk known. to him about <laughs> that, you know, going, do you remember when I told you? He's like, no, well, uh, which is true because I did, we didn't tell him, but just always had been quite open about everything. Yeah, that
0: was my next question for you guys was like the question I get all the time is when did you find out? But I think firstly, everyone, in cross-cultural situations like this, it's kind of obvious (laughs) that like (laughs) your child is Indian and you guys are Caucasian. I'm like fully blown Asian. My parents were Caucasian. It's not a situation where you can hide it till you're 18. (laughs) 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 But I think that is something that's transferable to all parents is that Children are really resilient with information. Yeah. And the more that you make it not a big deal, the less a big deal it becomes. It's never been a complex for me. It's never been weird because I knew about adoption before I knew about what it meant. It yeah. wasn't like find out about it, then get told, and then go, oh, my identity. It's just part of your story. And yeah. I love that you guys have been so open with Reed because he just seems to not be hung up on it yeah, because I, because of that because it was never a secret
2: i think it was just yeah it was always going to like we we're always like that yeah and we're, that really, was, we're really we're proud of how
1: you know the, the journey of sorry we're really proud of india as a country for allowing us to be parents to yeah. be parents yeah like we owe them you know a lot it's a it's a, a real privilege so you know we love his skin color we we love his big deep brown eyes you know like his eyes
0: are beautiful yeah
1: super super proud of him and um, yeah he's he's a really good kid he's
0: such a good kid I'm obsessed with him he's Uh, just got such a bright future ahead oh my god those tap dancers uh, Uh, I think (laughs) something that I also think is really interesting about you guys is that often people think uh, in the journey of parenthood you know mums change their careers and mums become stay at home mums or mums you know sacrifice blah 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 but you guys both also had really big identity changes around that like Jared becoming a Stay at home dad, Michael shifting into a totally different sector. To be at home more, like those big kind of career or lifestyle pivots are also a really big theme. I've you know, over the past 18 yeah. months to two years. Do you guys have any words for people listening on rebuilding your identity when like your titles change or your place kind of in the world changes? I still
2: haven't rebuilt my identity, I still don't <laughs> know I, I what I'm going to be when I grow up, but
0: nice be best <laughs> to add
2: to this because I think you went through, um,
1: yeah, look, I, I was at more. Qantas for 18 years, and Whoa. you're right, I wanted to be home more. I was away fifty percent of every month, and you know you you only watch your child grow up once, and yeah. I felt that I was you know not there enough, and uh, I needed to be. You know, making that decision to leave was was tricky. It came at, at a time where Qantas was offering redundancies, so it was a bit
2: of uh, an incentive to take the money and. And go and try something new. And we both took it at the same time. The redundancies came up, and we're like, I'd been there 10 years, Michael, 18. And we we're like, oh, and I was, because I was off a stay home dad, like, because I got leave. From, you guys got
0: 12 off. weeks of paternity leave. Right?
2: I got, no, I got two years
0: off. <gasps> Amazing. Of,
2: the policy changed whilst we were at Qantas, and, you know, us as the same sex couple that were in the uh, same job. They had to look at their policies and procedures, and they had to make changes to go. Well, oh, hold yeah, two men, rec- you know, like there's that. no paternity and maternity leave. Like we need wow. to make this more fair. So they were very a very fair employer and honoured me two years off, securing my job that I could go back to. But in the uh, shortly after that time, I did go back for a little bit, only working part time. But again, it was really hard juggling. You know, we had a new baby, and we were raising that child. We weren't, you know, wanting a nanny or we weren't wanting childcare or anything because this is—it's just what we wanted to do. We had to make that that call and go, okay, what's going to happen? And we don't have family in Melbourne, as, yeah. I, as mentioned. You know,
1: Jared's in, in Tassie and Sunshine Coast, and mine uh, in Mildura. So it, it it is us, and but you know, it's it's our job to. To raise this this little human, so I, I took the opportunity to uh, to leave, and I got into the finance sector, into uh, mortgages, and it was just horrendous. Uh, <laughs> for the Year and a half that I worked in that. Oh, oh my God, I was make felt
2: sick every morning. I was oh, he's just worried. So like in Michael's way too worried about people's financial situations because we <laughs> are always so conservative. Like,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> he, would never, he would never give me specific details, but he would come home going like some people are just worry, you know like it I, I, you know they're going yeah, to afford that more you know they get themselves into that big house that they want but i think they I was, could lose their job tomorrow and like where does oh, that you know yeah. they wouldn't get that money back on that house or whatever it might be i'm like i was so naive. Not your job to worry yeah
1: about. i think yeah. i was just so naive to think that you know home loans i thought it was like you know selling the dream of you know yeah home ownership and not at all. It's just sales and commission. Mm. So, oh my god, um, this
0: is little Michael coming out the like nurturer Michael. Oh,
1: <laughs> I know. And I just I, I, <sighs> this, this was not a natural, not natural fit. But I had taken a new job. I had quit and left Qantas, so I, I couldn't go back. Mm. And that was that was not an option. And I just felt the pressure of you know providing for. My family now that, you know, it was my decision to leave, now I've got to suck it up and just, you know, go to work. But with Jared's support and I suppose unwavering, you know, commitment of supporting me, I made a decision to leave that industry because it was just not. It was
0: an ATA.
2: I mean, it's right yeah. for some people. It's not that it was a bad job, but just for Michael, I'm like, you can't stay awake at night. You can't feel sick going to work over someone else's mortgages. is ridiculous. Yeah. It? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, Yeah. It's just, it's
0: that quote that I always say, if it costs you your piece, it's too expensive. So it doesn't matter what else it might. Yeah. Like it could tick so many other boxes, but if it's making you desperately unhappy, life is too short.
1: Absolutely. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, I I suppose from leaving, leaving Qantas to, you know, getting a a nine to five job, which was something that, uh, yeah, I did really struggle with. It's taken me a little while to find the path of something that I look forward to, you know, going to work. I, I enjoy it. But I did spend too much time regretting the decision to leave Qantas. I think you just go through that low
2: patch of like, holy crap, what have mm. I done? And remembering all those amazing times you had, like Qantas, we were in a different chapter of our lives when we worked for Qantas, you know, like just pre-Kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like you go, uh, we'd be in, you know, Singapore. I bought most everything we own nearly came from Singapore. You know, I'd bring it back. I'd spend most of my time either shopping or partying or, you know, we did that for years. So part of the benefits there, you get a
1: free flight every month. So you just, you'd go to, Anywhere you want. Just for lunch
2: and go to Sydney. Really, just
0: for lunch, you You know, Singapore for lunch.
2: Yeah, very different, different lifestyle. So it's hard when you change, I think, when you change roles or you're pivoting, is to also remember the whole old picture, not just those moments and going, oh, I wish I still had that. I miss
0: that good time. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's not going to be that now.
2: It's a different time of our lives now. And there's far more, you know, rewarding things that you've got to focus on right totally. now but yeah for totally. that, are, that are pivoting i think like go like that's uh
1: you know believe in yourself and for sure you know take that step acknowledge that it will be a, a bit rocky you know you might not fan, fall on your feet first go you know give yourself a bit of a, a break don't be too too hard on yourself and uh you know it's okay to look back and think oh god i shouldn't have left and but don't don't stay in that space for too long mm-hmm. um you know just own what you've what you're doing and and look forward.
0: That's such great advice. And I also think that, you know, the days of like finding a forever job are over. Like, as you mentioned, you were in a different chapter when you were at Qantas and that worked for you guys, but now you have, you know, two kids in the house and your priorities change. And one of the things I try and really normalize here is like the, the mini pivot every few years, like your career and lifestyle and house and day structure as you're a different person every year. It's okay if, everything around you tweaks accordingly. Like no one's meant to have one job for their whole life or one life structure for their whole life. If you're trying on different things for size every two years, that's pretty normal in this day and age. It's what brings you joy or makes you your best self is not meant to look the same from year to year. So that's such good advice to just be okay. Like don't be hard on yourself if you don't make it to long service leave. Like, who does yes. now?
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so then in the reverse pattern to gay time, you were together for 17 years before you guys got engaged in 2018. Yeah. Another gay question. Yeah. How do you know who is going to be the proposer? Like well, are you rushing to do it first? Like how does that?
2: <laughs> Michael certainly was not rushing. There was going to be, there just wouldn't, it wouldn't be. You know, like I was like, ah. Oh. You know, I think I think I'm. Gonna, as I started sort of whispering it to a couple of friends. I'm like, you know, I think I might ask him, and we'll have a party. Like it's just more <laughs> about the party celebration, getting everyone together. As daunting as that is, too, because a wedding for anyone, not just gay couples, but like that's when you put all your friends together, all your families, and you know, <gasps> I had, you know, my my parents had remarried, so there was two lots of families coming. So you know, all that ran through my mind as I was like. Do I really ask them, or do we just carry on as you know as we have been? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the urge for a big party certainly was more overwhelming. and I'm like, oh fuck it, I'm going to do it. But there's no way, like neither of us are overly romantic. I would say we're thoughtful, but we're not romantic. So I don't think it's something that I thought Mark you would ever do. I don't think no. You, if I'm honest, I would. I, would, you, I, would <laughs>
1: I was happy with the
2: with the status
1: quo of you know we're we're together. We don't we're we don't need we're a to. family. We you know we don't
0: yeah.
2: Do,
1: do, but it was. The best thing in retrospect now. That's it is the best it is thing. the best thing. But um yeah, no, I wouldn't have popped the question.
0: Oh yeah. wow. So you oh, that's good then. So you knew it wasn't like, oh yeah. my god, who's gonna do it when? Oh uh, no. so awkward.
2: <laughs> I think it, if Michael had have asked, it would have been in the sense of like, Oh, do you want to?
0: Oh, we should probably <laughs> just do that. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious?
2: Yeah. I know. I watched watch, watch Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Oh
0: my right. god, I love it. And so, same-sex marriage became legal in 2017, right? So you you had a year to plan mm-hmm. it, and then it was with balloons with pictures everywhere I think
2: yeah that's right from the albums that
0: you printed out From
2: the albums that I've got in here in the kitchen cupboards yes I just went through because every as all our albums are everything's in order so I just went through turning pages till I got to the next year and I just pulled one photo out from that and then I just (gasps) had them all yeah laminated and attached to balloons and a friend uh, offered their house I was like where can I do it I'll do it here like I was going to do it here or we went, I don't think we're at this house. But I was like, no, he'll see it or he'll get wind of it happening. So, yeah, a girlfriend said, just do it at my house. I've got, you know, a room which I can empty out. And and so I did. Oh and gosh. we were on our way home from dinner. Yeah, we went to um, a restaurant that we love because it was our anniversary. And um, I said, oh, I've got to go around. And oh, no, did they text you? I'm, yeah, I'm so gullible. Like, honestly, <laughs> if someone says,
1: you know, we're doing this or you have to do this or I'm going here, I just believe everything and everyone Uh, you know jared had some appointments leading up to this oh you know i've got to go and help with this selection of you know interior design that this person's doing and i'm like oh yeah no worries or you know that was me designing our rings you know like
2: oh my god yeah you had absolutely
1: i've got no clue so but yeah they had a had a pretense that i had to get jared there because they were going to surprise him but all about, oh my god, all so like clever double surprise thing. I, I even can't understand it now. Like, I was just like, Yeah, I'll well, there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you were, you were probably like, Oh my god, we're surprised. Yeah, 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 exactly, you. Exactly,
2: exactly And I'm texting in the car and he's texting them at the same time, but for different <gasps> reasons, thinking we're getting each other. Oh yeah. my god, and then we walked in and Mark is like,
0: Ah,
2: like to me, and I'm like,
0: ah. Why is he
2: yeah, like, It's no surprise. I'm like, Okay, we're here, and I'm like. Come into this room, and like we open yeah. these double doors, and that's where the balloons were. Mom was like, ah, Like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh. like The very first <laughs> thought that
1: went through my mind though was like, "God, this is a bit over the top for a, a, our friends giving us an anniversary present." Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that's why right. you
1: know, <laughs> i have done that for us to wish us happy anniversaries. So I'm like, like "Oh,
0: like, oh yeah, they love us this so is, much." Uh, a little
1: bit weird, um, and then I, <laughs>
0: then I realized
1: that it was Jared proposing, and
0: your wedding was just. Absolutely spectacular. I mean, I think we got married like not that far away from each other, or I had used a lot of your pictures as inspo. <laughs> like your page was just Pinterest uh, for me. <laughs> Apart from the suits, which obviously I did not wear a suit on my wedding day, but <laughs> but your changes oh, halfway oh, through yeah, and no, then no, read sparkly well. suits. Yeah, <gasps> we yeah. only did oh. it a small wedding.
2: We had about a hundred guests. But we just wanted it um, intimate, but fun, and you know, our secure people, you know, like our, our close friends, that we could just be ourselves and have be wild, and it was, it really was a great night. Oh, and the, yeah, the wedding day was uh, was spectacular. Just
1: you know. Getting ready with the with the bridal party, and we had all our photos done pre wedding, so, so that we could be at the party we, longer. Once we arrived there, we, oh, we, we, so we were done. You know, we, we're not going anywhere until everyone else goes home. And we I mentioned that in my, my speech as well as like we're not doing the farewell at eleven o'clock and wave goodbye to you all. You know, like we're always <laughs> going to be the like, last. <laughs> so we'll be last. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that was a great. It was a great celebration. The ceremony itself was really beautiful uh, here in Jared's bows was was really special, but the to having having as Jared mentioned, the nearest and dearest in the room with us, who had played such a part of our lives like and, in Melbourne, are. and um, yeah, and followed mm. us from you know two guys to you know our our family with beautiful Reed. So it was really a celebration for them as well to thank them for you know what they've given to to us. Uh, so yeah, it, yeah, it was it was unreal. It was the best night of our lives.
0: Oh my gosh, it looked so beautiful and that radiated out that there was no, like you weren't neither of your bridezillas, it was just looked so much yeah. fun, like you were having the time of your lives and now there know, are four of you. Tell crazy. us about Junior. I so know. crazy and,
2: you just, and uh, like, as you know, we're being foster parents and we were accredited about a year and a half ago and through that process, you're I don't know whether the word profiled is the right word but... So, you know, our, <laughs> what we, we said all along is we don't, whatever we do, any decisions we make, regardless of fostering or not, we don't want to impact on Reed's childhood. We want him to have the childhood mm-hmm. he deserves. So when we were profiled, if you will, through fostering, they, they've sort of said, yeah, best choice or best placements for you would be between the ages of zero and maybe two and a half, three yeah. years old, just that it would fit into your family. So that's why I think it took a lot longer to get any placements. And uh, little junior came mm-hmm. with, like, it was an hour's notice and then it was half an hour's notice. Like, it was oh like, sat we will be at your house in 30 minutes. And I've got this photo, which I'll share with you offline, th- of Reed's face in the car on speakerphone when he said, like, when <gasps> the phone call came through and they said, we're sending a baby to your house. Like, it's making me emotional like, thinking about now. But it's something that he, oh you know, gosh. wanted so so much yeah the, and i just i because i take a photo of fucking everything
0: i know i love it you you and i are oh, just like separate at so birth ridiculous. it's amazing but, yeah
2: we pulled beside the car <laughs> and they're talking and i could and i could hear it building and reed was trying to be quiet to act like he wasn't there and i, I was just like uh, yeah i have my I have my phone in my hand and i just like, i've got to capture this moment for ourselves so that will never i'll never share that online <gasps> but just that yeah it was an incredible moment uh, for him he and, and, overwhelmed he, and he understands what we're doing like he understands what it is it's not yeah, that yeah. he's lonely and says you know i just i've got to have this he was he's just like we're helping a family we're help we're, we're doing something good yeah you know, mm-hmm. yeah and doing all the training that you do with fostering it makes you very aware that you're doing this for them for the child not for yourself or for you know i mean part of it obviously you feel good yeah you know, <laughs> but it, you the know, end of the game is reunification yeah and uh that's that's what right we're, that's yeah. what we're always going to aim for yeah. and hope for that you know the system is works mm. and the system looks after the child and in its best interest is where it needs to be and if that's with us for eighteen years, then that's fine, but if it's not we can't <gasps> you know say, oh you know then the, one of the biggest questions that we've had online is like, oh how on earth could you give him up you know like us give it up at the end I'm like, well, that's the plan you know is that yeah the, the time. Yeah, you know, we want that right. to happen. How could you not? Yeah. You know, this is about
1: yeah. you know yeah. being there for for you know mums, dads, babies to, to help them work through the measures that they have to before they can mm. um, you know be their own little family again.
0: And you guys are giving little junior. So much love, like watching Uh, Reed, looking after him is just so beautiful. The way he's like taken on this like brotherly nurturing role. I think something that shines through so much about the way that you have parented and the way that you've instilled kindness and your values into Reed. And then the way he applies it in his life is, and also the way you guys have such a beautiful balance between like, as you mentioned, you take a lot of photos of things, but a lot of it gets chosen specifically not to go no, on your account. Like you right. share a lot, but you also don't share a lot and keep a lot of moments private to yourself. And then Reid gets a lot of airtime, but then there are certain things that he yeah. he also likes to keep private. And I think you guys have just navigated it so well.
2: There is a lot, you know, and people say, oh, you share your lives or, you know, you share everything online. Well, I don't. As you know, an Insta story is 15 seconds and yeah. a day is 24 <laughs> hours. So there's a hell of a lot that doesn't go online. And you know a lot of it is approved or not approved by Reed. and you know he nine times out of ten because he's born and bred you know into a family that has shared our lives for so long yeah. he understands and he'll give me a disclaimer going do not tell anyone I no, don't share this you know because you know he might be making a craft thing and he's not happy with it or he just wants a moment that you know so he's he's totally in, in charge of what content we do share and don't share and Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. And it seems like it's a family decision as well. Like no one's sort of uncomfortable with anything. Did you guys consider having another child yourselves?
2: Absolutely. Um, It wasn't until probably, uh, I think two years after we had Reed, is about the time that I noticed all our other friends seem to have their second child. They seem to have a two-year-old and then they have a, have a one <laughs> And it wasn't really... It's a
0: cycle. It's, it seems <laughs> a
2: cycle, yeah. But it wasn't really something back then that I think... I think we were just so grateful, so happy. And we were really the, privileged uh, to be parents, you know. Reed's, Reed's yeah. pregnancy was troubled. I mean, there were issues. Mm. And we had um, miscarriage before him. So we had the, the heartbreak <gasps> of that, you know, and Reed was a frozen embryo. So we sort of experienced... Not what other people go through because to carry a child is incredible. Like, and you know, people that lose a child like that, but some sense of you know, like it's out of our control. You know, like yeah, we were really blessed that we when Reed was born, the doctors expected him to
1: go into like a high dependency unit because his kidneys weren't developing, and he he, he was born a month prem, and they were sort of thinking that they'll have to intervene, and that, that didn't happen. He was born. He was in our arms in two minutes. So he was healthy, hundred percent. Everything that they were worried about didn't come to fruition that. so we were so blessed but that roller coaster of of those emotions you know throughout the the pregnancy were, were were still very strong so we were just very grateful for a healthy child we didn't think we could um risk that again you know like it was like bloody hell like mm-hmm. we're so blessed let's mm-hmm. you know enjoy our family we're we're very lucky uh so yeah it wasn't until
2: just probably five years ago maybe. yeah yeah that we you sort of start to think ah. Oh, i'm getting older like that whole you know you put pressure on yourself going oh well, i think we're too old now to maybe look in you know look into doing this and then we did start looking into it and again very very difficult very difficult legally to do it have um, since
1: changed their laws and same-sex surrogacy is not an option anymore and uh, so oh, that's off wow. the table and uh that's when we were at an Australia Day luncheon, and somebody looked at us and we came up and started chatting. And she assumed that uh, Reid was adopted, and uh, we just got chatting about that. And she said, "Oh, my my girlfriend has a, a, a beautiful charity. They're just starting, you know, their own fostering." And we looked at each other and thought,
2: oh. "Okay, this is
1: it." Yeah, went down the the training and the accreditation for, for fostering. But yeah, it's it's still in our minds. Yeah, it's it's certainly stronger than ever now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's not off the table. We wish it was easier. You know, we wish it was. Stuck. Even international, sorry, because if we go to America, like look at the last two years, like the thought of being stuck mm. somewhere or like how does that all work, that just adds so much more complexity to it happening. Yeah. So uh, for now we will just be happy with what we've got, I think.
0: Mean. Well, I think something else that's really resonating for me over this whole chat is that there are so many milestones in your life, like read and then marriage and then junior that – you didn't even know you were aiming for until they stumbled into your life somehow.
2: hundred percent, absolutely, a hundred percent. And
0: I think that's so beautiful because it's left you both with it seems like this trust that let's just enjoy now because like we don't know what's going to happen next year or in ten years and I think in a time like this where the uncertainty, life is always uncertain, but the uncertainty is so intense right now, hearing you guys just trust that the next chapter might be something you don't even know exists yet. Yeah, exactly. It's so reassuring. It's yeah. such a lovely message. I think that's something
1: that we try to still read. Really. The only thing we can control right now is how I'm feeling right now.
2: You know, so it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming up more and more now at his age of 11, him worrying about, you know, the scenarios, you know, like this. and we're like, at the moment, you're in this one. So, you know, like whatever that may be in whatever. You know, he's only got yellow wool, you know. He's up at the moment. It's like, you're in this situation now. Don't worry about getting rainbow wool. <laughs> oh,
0: just chill. Yeah, chill. Just chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last couple of questions for you guys are more around the idea of play, which is like, again, like so much of what people probably ask you about or want to talk about is like really serious messaging about inclusion and family and you know self-acceptance and all that kind of stuff but in between all of that how do you guys just play and for Michael like outside of work is there a way that you just like switch off from kind of productive like let's achieve things you and just forget what time it is like what do you guys do for fun cut rugs (laughs) <laughs> oh, it just circles. <laughs> and that's not a euphemism in this yeah, situation. Exactly. <laughs> uh, look, I think
1: something that we really enjoy together
2: is walking. We've yeah, going,
1: going for a stroll, taking the dogs for a walk,
2: taking, you know, junior in the pram now. It's where we do um, the most, talking the most because you're concentra- like concentrating yeah. on each other. Putting the yeah. phone away and just, you know, going for an hour's yeah. walk
1: is something that we really both enjoy. It's really it's really good for us. Cooking is something that I, you know, get inspired with and then I'll be gangbusters for a few weeks and then I won't want to touch a pot again for another few weeks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's uh, like hard and fast, hard and fast. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Renovating, would be, that's a fun <gasps> thing for us. Yes! We, like, we love doing that. Yeah. We've done a few houses ourselves. Yeah. Um, As I'm a builder by trade.
1: I left school. My first job was uh, an apprentice carpenter. So, uh, oh,
0: my God, you're a chippy. Okay. How did this not come up earlier? Yeah.
1: So I've um, <gasps> spent eight years in the building industry. So when we buy uh, property, we try to do a lot of that work ourselves. So that's something that, uh, you know, Jared's got a really great eye for design and detail and expensive things. So it's <laughs> my job to make it look expensive.
0: Rain in the budget. Yeah.
1: On a budget, that's right.
0: I love that you guys are doing some of your renos in um, down on the peninsula and I think you posted the other day how annoying it is that you're missing all the hot tradies, like you keep getting videos yeah. of them but you can't actually be there to perv on them all day. Well, exactly. And
2: then I'm like, oh, the actual tradies that are there, like they know about social media. I'm like, oh, maybe they saw that. And
0: <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Correct. They did. <laughs> so so I'm like, that. hopefully
2: they've all finished by the time this lockdown's over and I don't actually... Meet them.
0: ever have to meet yeah. them so awkward <laughs> they're, they're so,
2: lovely. They're so <laughs> lovely the others a few of them were, um, that i heard they laughed but um yeah
0: oh my god um, i love that so much <gasps> second last question which i think you should answer for each other to just like dish the tea what are three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation which is easy for you because this is your first podcast conversation so it can be anything
2: oh, don't come up in conversation three things about you
0: or just like the people, like the way I describe it is what would your partner know about you just from living with you or anyone who like had stayed at your house would know about you that your other friends wouldn't? Like quirky little things that you do, like sing in the shower or like I the sleep eating that I told you about that I do. Like only people who have yeah. stayed somewhere with me know that I do that because there yeah. are always packets of food yeah. around my head.
2: <laughs> oh, God. I really should have. That's the one question yeah, I should have this is- probably focused on. <laughs> I, think I, mean, I, do, I actually do share so much of like Michael, you know, like uh, quirks that if, there's not a lot that people wouldn't know about. the.
0: Do you have party tricks? Like, is there like, do you juggle or are they like weird, no. boring? So boring. Oh, you boring. are so you not are boring, so boring, you guys. You are I mean, so not. Oh. Okay. Or, okay. Maybe, okay. The first one can be like, who are is the most so who is the most fashionable between you
2: oh that's again neither of us
1: um, oh no that's definitely definitely Jared Jared would like I'll put oh yeah my, being to big whole faith in Jared oh. going shopping for me no problems at all he can go buy me shoes pants shirts whatever like that would be fine I would wear that no problems at all but I don't think I've ever once bought something for him that hasn't gone back.
0: Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> always have the gift receipt.
2: <laughs> always, right, always. I'm like, even when he hands in a bag, I'm like, have you got the receipt? Because you haven't opened it. Like, oh, my God. Have you, got the receipt? you Sometimes they say do you want a receipt and you say no, and then I have to go back and do a whole study pantomime for them as to why I've got this item and I'm bringing it back. So, oh, my God. Um, yeah, so maybe that's
0: but do you go share a wardrobe? Like, do you ever share a wardrobe? Do you cross over? Do you steal each other's clothes? Or you do? you, yeah, t- do you have like totally and different styles? We've
2: like to wait, and wait a bit, so sometimes <laughs> we do fit into each other's clothes, sometimes not. But when every time we get dressed, it's sort of like I'd stand at the bottom of the stairs, and Michael has to come and show me what he's wearing because we can't wear the same thing. You know, like the same oh yeah, or the same shirt because I buy like a pair of trousers, and I buy it like four pairs, all because they fit well. And so the shirts, if there's a shirt I like, I'm like, I'll come home and I wear it for a couple of days and then I go and buy two more of them because I'm like, when this one wears out, I'll have that. (laughs) Sometimes our wardrobe is very much like three of the same things. And then it's whilst he's working away, it's been good. I'm like, take whatever you want, wear whatever you want. Whereas (laughs) when we're home, it's sort of like we're standing at the top of the stairs going. That, 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 you know.
0: So there's sections, right? Like you, you do, there's not just a wardrobe. No, there's you sections. You each have your own. Very yeah, organized
2: okay. wardrobe. Yes, we organized. Okay. have. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. A lot of gingham, yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of gingham, <laughs> not, wow. Of middle-aged
2: gay man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about if you're on a desert island, what are the three things you would have to take? Each other, answer for each other. Uh, like, couldn't live without. I couldn't
2: live without. Michael couldn't live without a bottle of Pinot.
0: Oh, yes. Nice.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't think Jared could live without the internet. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> He'd take the He'd entire take the internet, internet no, to a I desert island.
1: The entire, but if there was no reception on that desert island, he would go ape shit. Like, if there was a technical, no, what what, what Spotify? Would be. Yeah. If there was no music. I like No, name. yeah, yeah. Yeah, three I'm- things. Yeah, so Jared would have to take the whole of the internet. <laughs> he would have to take uh, music. You would have to have that at your fingertips.
0: The entire Spotify, yep. also that's kind of inside the internet. Yeah, so. that's <laughs> true. That's true. I love how your son has like not figured into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a worry? Pino, a worry? First. Pino first, the internet. internet. You,
2: Michael would be his revolting biscuit pillow. Even like we, we take down to the beach house, he has to take this disgusting la- latex, is it? What's it made Yes, from? it's a latex pillow. Latex pillow. But it's like wafer, too, thin. wafer thin. I'm like, it's like having no pillow. Oh,
0: my God, that's why you call it biscuit. biscuit. Yeah, it's
2: literally. It's
0: I thought you went oh, like, a, a scotch finger. Like, you went at the like show. <laughs>
2: biscuit, no, yeah. no. Like, thin, <laughs> revolting pillow that I, I put so oh, many, no. like, layers over just to hide its grossness. <laughs> it's his pillow and he's like, I can't sleep without cut. I'm like, you yeah, lay on it. It's like having no pillow. So, just try no pillow.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely no, we color. can't do that. I lo- see these are the things that I love. Those weird quirks, like the biscuit pillow. Oh,
2: I know. It's so annoying, and because when we're going down, or we go down in separate cars. I don't get the biscuit. It's like you got my biscuit, like yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, then when you want to like have your photo in the background of like content or something, like your bed in the background, and then yeah. you've got like one plush, fluffy pillow, and then this feral biscuit. Yeah, get it. Yeah. I totally get it. That's yeah. just a buzz kill.
2: Yeah, it's exactly. a total buzz kill. I Do you would, have
0: pet peeves of each other and you can't use Biscuit because you already used it?
2: Michael's just falls asleep wow. all the time. Like, <laughs> like seriously, at any any opportunity, yep. any little bit of quietness. And he's just like,
0: all of the time. <laughs> so
2: like, like, that's why the rug took so long to be cut is because there was just narcolepsy. Like seriously. <laughs> I look over. I'm like, you're sleeping. Why are you sleeping? You can't possibly be So if, if there was a quiet bit of time, you know, Perhaps Reed's
1: doing homeschooling, Junior's having a nap. I'll take the moment to, to reset, have a bit of a nap, you know, even if it's five, ten minutes. Jared will take that five, ten minutes to clean something. So, I see uh, the vibe he, going on. He yeah. He's the one. He'll be like, oh, my gosh, that that window, let me clean the window, which, which is um, something uh, I'm very grateful for. We've got a very clean house. <laughs> but, uh, I'm very neat and tidy. Jared's very... Pedantic when it comes to
0: your procrastinating
2: services. Yeah, I've loosened up in the last two years with Lucky <laughs> We've had no visitors, so you know, yeah. I'm sure the cushions aren't up right upstairs <laughs>
0: that's because of the fucking biscuit babe that's why <laughs> that's <right. laughs> and very last question what is your favorite quote
2: oh, look we've shared this quote like i love a i love a good quote i love other people's quotes more than you know our repetitive one but the one we seem to go back to a lot is people's opinions are none of your business nor should you make them yours.
0: I love that one so much and so important. Now that I feel like the like scale of opinion expression has gone up mm-hmm. exponentially in the last couple of yes. months, like it's just yes. opinion central. So yes. I think yeah. that's such a good and one. we've all got
2: them. Like, and, and, yeah. pretty, you know, and I respect everyone's got an opinion, whether that be about the current environment that we're living in, but it's none of my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well, guys, thank you so much for this. I cannot believe how long I've chewed your ear off. This is like double the length of a normal episode, but you are just so amazing, so kind and generous, and I I love you guys even more than I did before. Thank you so much. Thank you
2: so much, Sarah. Nice to chat, Sarah. Thanks very much. And we'll see you at the park. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I really think this is one of my favourite episodes ever, partly because of how exciting it is to sit down with someone who's never told their story this way before. It was such a privilege. They were both so nervous, but they did so well. I often say after these episodes that I just want to spend more time with our guests and be around their energy and just absorb all their wisdom. And the dads are just like that. If you follow them already, you'll know what I mean. In fact, if you didn't follow them already, but you listened to this episode, I'm sure you'll know what I mean. They're just so funny and self-deprecating and you want to be there. Best friend, but they're also really on a serious note flying the flag for the non traditional family structure and reminding how love really does conquer all. If you don't already, do yourselves a favour and please go and follow Real Dads of Melbourne. The link to their Instagram and spelling and all the underscores is in the show notes. And if you enjoyed listening along, give them an early Christmas prezi and share the episode and any of your thoughts or takeaways, tagging them and us, especially given that it's their first time. I would love to show them how much impact this episode has made, particularly given that the dad's only found out about surrogacy through a TV show and a conversation there, and perhaps this conversation can be that for some of the other families listening. So if you did have any takeaways, find out anything new or have anything to share, please do let them know and share it because it means so much to our guests. And I just, I love them so much and I want them to know that them doing their very first podcast really did make a difference. We may squeeze in one more quickie of our lives with Ange before Chrissy, but if things go pear-shaped, as they seem to be already going with this he who must not be named Omicron. <laughs> I hope you guys are all okay. So if I don't see you before then or speak to you before then, have the most amazing festive season and new year, no matter how or what you're celebrating. Stay safe and hold your loved ones very tight and I'll see you next year. And if we do squeeze in another episode, this was a really awkward preemptive goodbye. It's like when you say goodbye to your friend and then you both walk in the same direction, which happens all the time. That would be very awkward. But yes, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week no matter what happens and are seizing your yay.